<sighs> Man, it's another rainy day, and we can't go outside to play, or play ball, or use my brand new kite we got. This is boring. So then what do you want to do? We have jigsaw puzzles, coloring books, or the easy bake oven. No, 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 no. Those are lame. We always do the same things. I mean, how about a board game from the closet? Okay, so what do we have on? Well, we have Scribble, and Gamey, Monotony, Percheesy, and Misery Date. Ah, uh, these games are boring. Wait, what's that box underneath? The travel guides. Ah, cool! What does it say? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. You roll the dice to move your token. Whoa, 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 that, that sounds really cool. Um, and that box is like, is that wood? Let's, let's play. Wait, there's a warning. Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, motorcycle driving monkeys, arachnids with helping hands, a shoemaking David Allen Greer, a boy stuck in a jungle for 26 years, Bats Maru, and a hunter from the darkest wild. Makes you feel just like a child. Whoa, um, well, it's kind of scary, I think, but I guess listener discretion is advised. I call the elephant! I call the lion! Okay, let's play. Episode 41. In the jungle, you must wait until the dice read 5 or 8. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin' Movie Review. This is your host, Zara. This is Belchan. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Yes, it's pretty good. It's actually a week after our Sakura Matsui adventure, which most of you have seen some of the pictures on the website, I think. Maybe we had fun with that. Yes. And we have a new trip coming up soon, I think, right? We're doing something in June, maybe? Should I mention what it is? Yeah, go for it. Oh, we are going to be going to Anime Next. This will be my first time and Zan's second time. Yes, and well, it's my umpteenth time going to a convention, but no, this is your third convention, I think. No, I think this is my second convention. I went to the comic convention and then... But you went to the auto show, too. Oh, but I was talking about... um. Comics and... Uh, but that's still a convention, so this is your third con. For me, it's... 15. Oh, but I think conventions are different, because I have other other conventions like that are not anime or comic book related. Mm, true. I've been to video game conventions. My first one actually was like six years old. I met Mario. <laughs> I want to go to a candy convention, though. I've heard of them, and I saw them on The Simpsons. I want to go to one of those. 
I went to a college convention. I've been to, actually in the college nearby. There's a bunch of conventions that I've been to, like auto show and where they sell like different things. The dog show. So I guess those are conventions too. Mm, yeah. Well, there's a bunch. I mean, there's what are the other conventions they have? They have wedding conventions. Yeah, they have those. They have. Hello oh, Kitty conventions. They have like um garage. I don't know, not garage sale conventions, but antique conventions. Oh yes, where the crazy person's like, this is worth twenty dollars. No, it's not. It's worth two hundred. I got this from my aunt Henrietta who died in nineteen thirty-two. It's like no, she bought this from a guy two months ago. Flea markets are kind of like conventions. Mm, true. A little bit. But they have good food. They have funnel cake. Some places do. Not all. Not all. Mm, not like Remember that. that place where we went and then, um... Oh, the indoor one where they thought it was no, a cop? No, the outdoor one and they had all those dog, those uh, bones for the dog and it's kind of gross. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I liked that one, though. It was a nice trip. Yeah. But... I gotta go again. It's good weather. Very true. But you don't want to hear us rant about old people things or convention stuff or like that because we're old. But either way, for those of you who don't know, Spark can decide that provides information and reviews about movies. You can check out any of our earlier episodes on our feed on iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, or at our website, www.spirekin.com. Belchan at spirekin at gmail.com. If you want to send Belchan any of her, your love letters to her or any emails, questions for her, you can email us generally at spirekinmovie at gmail.com. And our voicemail is... 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. And we're under Twitter under Spirekin Movie, and also on Facebook under Spirekin Movie Review. And you can check out any of our rants or ravings or pictures and odd things we've sent over time, because we have some very unusual and strange things online. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook. Spirekin Movie Twitter and Spirekin Movie Review at Facebook. Yep, and you definitely can check out any of our earlier stuff, and I've heard we're a little entertaining, at least, because that's our goal, is to just talk about movies and tell you what they're like, and you can check out our main podcast, Aspiric and Manga Review, where I think the last episode I reviewed was, um, what was it, it was the gay one, Black Butler, I think? Mm. Yeah, no, 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 Black Butler was, eh, it doesn't matter, I don't remember, it, it was so bad, but either way, so what else is new? It's a, a kind of murky day today, anyway. Present rain. Hmm. I think it rained a little bit. Yeah, but it's still kind of just mushy, I'd say, or just yeah, murky. It or... was like that yesterday. It's just intermittent uh, rain and sun. Yeah, it, this weekend was beautiful, and then this week's just like. Actually, this weekend was horrible. It was raining, remember? Uh huh. And then um, the rest of the week it was raining, and then. But now the sun's starting to come out a little more, so. I think next week it'll be okay. I hope so, because it's already... Springtime is here. It's soon going to be summer. Then it's going to be fall again. I want at least a nice end of spring. It'll be fine. It was an early summer. Oh, true. Yeah, it was but, early summer. I remember I remember last year there was that big snowstorm that ruined everything, so... <laughs> yeah, we were... I, well, I had no power for like two weeks. And Oh, just so you know, I am recording on my iPod again, hence the interesting quality. But hey, it's better than me doing it off of, you know, an old tape recorder like I did that one episode, which you guys will never know about. Haha. -ha. Now, which episode was that? Ah, uh, that was episode. <laughs> but, again, we're getting off topic a little bit, so you guys are here to hear it, listen to a review, and we actually have a pretty, well, would you say it's a fun movie? I'd say it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's a movie which came out a long time ago. It was a December 15th movie. 
Alright, so this movie it, um, was, well... Directed by Joe jo Johnston. And who is who is Joe Johnston? I've heard that name before, but who is that? Uh, has he done anything? Is I've, it I've... Honey, that I Shrunk the Kids? The Rocketeer, Jurassic Park 3, Hidalgo, The Wolfman, October Sky. And he's an upcoming Captain America, The First Avenger. Okay, let's see what else he's done besides those movies he's directed. He's also on Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. He did Empire Strikes Back. He did the Howard the Duck movie. And he was on the Page Master. So he did some good movies and some really terrible movies. Yeah. Well, he wasn't actually a director. He was um, in Star Wars Episode New Hope. He was effects illustrator and designer. So, uh... That's not bad, but he was a director in... Uh... Oh, he did Raiders. He was an art director. Okay, so his numbers have gone up. So he's probably going to do really good in Captain America. It should be amazing. But he did do The Wolfman and Jurassic Park 3, which are not credits to his abilities on being a good director. <laughs> but so, what else? So this movie was written by... The screenplay was by Greg Taylor, but it was written by Chris it's Von Alsbert, who he's got a very niche type of writing style, because he writes about the same thing in every one of his movies. He writes about board games that do horrible things to children. I think he may have a, like a board game phobia or something like that, you know? Oh. Might be afraid of it, thinking that it's going to be like, you know, the board game, like, Monopoly's going to come alive and steal all his money, or, uh, what's the other one? The one with the bubble. Where you go, what the hell? Zathura? No, 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 the board game. The board oh, game. The, trouble? Yes, Trouble. And Trouble, you know, like, maybe he thinks Trouble's going to actually cause him trouble. Or the one where you slide the cone against the other cone, it goes across the... What, what is that game? It's like you're supposed to slide it and hit the other one, and you knock him out of... Um, what is it called? It has a, a weird name. Um, because it's Trouble, and it's like Trouble, but it's not Trouble. It's like... I know, you, you're all listening, you're screaming, saying, It's this game! It's this one! Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, a, that's not where you. Sh no, you had to bump. No, you bump into someone. Oh, and they go. Say that you said like slide it out. Those have spaces, and then you're supposed to go. If you if you bump into someone, you say sorry, and then. And they slide over and they move. But, uh, well, either way, this movie was produced by Ted Field and Larry Franco. No relation to James Franco that I'm aware of. But let's just check this to make sure. Is he related to James Franco? Uh, no. But he did pay for Escape from New York and 2012 and Mars Attack, so he's got some money to spend. Sleepy Hollow. So, you know, Sleepy Hollow's a good movie. But he did also Hulk with Ang Lee, so no defense there. And this movie is actually starring, a, it has a pretty diverse cast. It has Bonnie Hurt in it, Jonathan Hyde, a very young... You mean Bonnie Hunt. Well, sorry, Bonnie Hunt. A very young Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, David Allen Greer... Robin Williams. Yep, and Bradley Pierce. And, well, this movie also, surprisingly enough, this movie was distributed by TriStar Pictures. It came out, actually, 15 days after my birthday, so that's December 15th, in 1995. It was made for $65 million, and it made a grand total of $262,797,249.32. Wow, that's a lot of money. I think it did good. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's also spun off a TV show. And I and also a, a game based on this. Well, two different types of games. 
and also some weird movie which isn't an actual sequel to the game, the movie, but it's a sequel to it. And it's about instead of the subject at hand, it's about instead of magic, it's more about uh, mumbly jumbly. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Sci-fi. Are you talking about the other movie? Yes. Zathura. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Trying not to say it, but okay. So, as you can guess, this movie is... Jumanji. Yes. and Jumanji. Which, some of you are like, wait, what's a Jumanji? It sounds like candy of some sort. Well, it's a really, really weird movie. Mm-hmm. It's a kid's movie, but it's actually, watching it as an adult, it was still entertaining. Surprisingly. Yeah, actually, I think it was more entertaining as an adult. I remember this movie uh, when it came out. What is Jumanji about, for those of you who've never seen it before? Never saw the cartoon series, which was on, I think it was WB, right? Or what was the... Did you see the cartoon series ever? No, actually I didn't. It made no sense. I don't know why they made it... Oh, it was on UPN, and it was just, uh, you know... They made the kids older or younger, and it was just ridiculous. I don't know. But So, what is... The movie's about... It actually opens up with these two kids... Of a, a chest. And I'm not talking about a man's chest, like a big six pack and burling, ripping muscles. I'm talking about a steamer trunk. And it's locked up, and they put a lock on it, and they're digging a, a big hole in the ground. And they're dumping this box inside of this hole. Yeah, that was in 1869. Yes. And they're saying, okay, we're going to bear it. We're never going to deal with it ever again. We're going to be perfectly fine. Everything's going to be all good and great. And the younger of the two actually starts to fall in and you hear drum beating. You just hear boom, 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 And he starts freaking out like, oh my god, it's gonna get me, it's gonna get me, it's gonna get me. So they freak out, they run, and they run away. And they're scared and traumatized by what happens. And so let's go to the future. And this is... A century later. Yeah. So 1969. 1969. But, anyway, we're introduced to our main character. Who is... Alan Parrish. Uh, he's a... He's a 12-year-old scion to a very prestigious company in this town in... I think it's New Hampshire or Maine? Yeah. Somewhere there, and he's... Parrish... I think they're shoes or something? Yeah, so he is the the heir to a shoe fortune. And it's a company which... It, it, like, they support the whole town, and everything revolves around the shoe company, and he's the son. And you think, oh, so his dad owns the town, and he's going to be a really popular and very awesome kid. Yeah, but in actuality, a lot of people think he's a big snob, and uh, they start th- a lot of the kids, they start throwing things at him because they're jealous. And they're mean to him, and he's, he's essentially a very isolated kid who no one likes. The one girl he's friends with, it turns out that the leader of all the bullies says, she's my girlfriend, she's mine, you can't touch her, I'm going to beat the shit out of you because you dare to even think about her. But he's best friends with her. Yeah, so it's kind of that little thing. So he is scared, and he and they're chasing him because they're going to kick his ass. And kind of similar to another movie from the 80s, he runs away into a shop where everything goes kind of wrong. Sorry? Yes, it's kind of like that, where he runs into a shop, but he runs to his father's business, and these kids are on their bikes saying, we're waiting for you, Parrish! We're gonna beat you up! <laughs> and he runs in, and it's his father's business, and everyone's there, and he goes to his friend, who is an old black man. Actually, it's played by David Allen Well, Alan he's Greer. not really an old black man. He's probably just ten years older than him. Yeah, and he works for the Allen's father, Sam Parrish. And he's a shoemaker, 
and he has an idea for a new type of shoe, ironically the sneaker. He designed his own shoe, which looks a lot like the Nike. Yeah. And he said, this is an invention that's going to change everything, and he says he wants to show it to Alan's father. So he shows it to the son, and the son uh, he takes the, the shoe, puts it on the conveyor belt. He kind of gets shocked by something, because he's trying, because Yeah, cause he, he forgets Carl, about it. Yeah, because the guy, Carl, he says, are you alright? Is everything okay? He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he kind of just puts it down without thinking yeah. about it. And what and ends up happening is... The shoe gets um, torn up and decimated, and then Alan's dad says, like, who did this? And then... um. David Allegrius' character says, oh, you know, it was me, but he doesn't realize the son did it. And the son just kind of just walks out. Which is really a punk move, because it was his fault, and ironically what's going to happen is that this conveyor yeah. belt gets ruined because of the shoe, and in turn, Carl is going to be fired over this, and yeah. it wasn't his fault. It was kind of like, you're taking the blame, I mean, if he knew that it was Alan's fault and he took the blame, that's one thing, but this was more like, Alan should have just said, hey, uh, I did it, but... Alan's a coward at this point, which yeah, is kind of the point of the movie. This yeah, at this point, he's 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 sort of a spoiled brat and a little bit of a coward. Like he doesn't want to fess up to anything. Mm-hmm. And his father constantly says, "You have to man up. You you can't be afraid of these bullies." Because he's like, "That bully's yeah. bothering you, right?" And he's like, uh, "Kind of." He's like, "Well, you just have to be a man and just yeah. man up to your fears, and you'll be perfectly fine." And he wants him to go to this special school, which is like. Which um, Alan's father went to, his father's father went to, and he says he thinks he's going to become a man if he goes to this school, this all-boys school, in, like, um, some other state. And to top it off, his great-great-grandfather actually gave money to this school, so they have the dormitory is named after his great-grandfather, mm-hmm. so he's going to be living again in a place where he he's named after the, the owner of the place, so it's going to cause even more problems for him. So him and his father get into a huge argument, and they don't want to speak it. So you know the typical in most movies, it's something mm-hmm. traumatic's going to happen, but before that, it's going to be the parent and the child. They're going to have a big argument, and then yeah, it's kind of they're not going to have a chance to reconcile. Maybe. So he says, you know, I'm leaving. So he gets um, Alan's character. He he gets really angry and says, I don't want to see you anymore. And then the dad, but the dad's about to leave with his mom to a party. So they'll say, we'll we'll see you when you get back. And then um, Alan hears these. Boom, 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 this drumming sound. And he finds, ironically, a, a chest, which inside the chest is a board game made out of wood. It's kind of interesting how the it's it has, you know, very ornate figures as the tokens that you move across the board. You know, it's like a carved elephant, a carved lion, a carved rhino. And it's a very unusual board game. And he's looking at it and he's debating about what he's going to do. He's like, you know what, I forget it. I'm just going to go now. And he's getting ready to leave. And the girl, who we've talked about, her name is uh, Sarah. Sarah Whittle. Yes, Sarah, who is, you know, she shows up with Alan's bike, which was stolen. Because, and his father even pointed out, he's like, if I had known that there were like ten boys waiting for you, I wouldn't have said for you to man up. But he doesn't kind of care, because... Alan got the shit kicked out of him right after leaving his dad's office. But she she brought back his bike, and Alan convinces her, Hey, I found this really cool game. You want to play it? And there are a couple of weird things about the game beforehand. Like, one, he dropped one of the figures on the ground, on the board, and immediately zoomed onto a starting spot. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, wait, ooh, cool, must be... Magnets um, or something. Yeah. And so they say, okay, well, maybe we could 
player not playing they're just kind of talking and Sarah picks up the dice and kind of just you know throws it back into the box and what happens is that these mysterious letters appear on the middle of the of the board game there's no cards it just it magically appears at night they fly you better run these wing things are not much fun and then uh, a bunch of bats come and uh, and scare her away. Yeah, but before the bats come out, because they hear noise, like something's wrong. Yeah, they hear Alan rolls the dice before the bats come, and then um, and, and then he, he in in letters it appears it says in the jungle you must wait in until a, the dice is red five or eight, and then suddenly he gets sucked up into the into game. the game. And then all the bats come out of the chimney, and Sarah starts running out screaming because she she sees Alan gets sucked into the game, and she sees all these bats like just flying, and she thinks she's going nuts or something. And she runs away, and then it shows a nice transition sequence where it just shows the door pristine with gold doors. It says twenty six years later, and you see the doors become ratty and old, and the new family has moved in with an aunt and her two. Ne- nieces and nephew. Her niece and nephew. There is there a plural for that, really? <laughs> for niece and nephew when they're together? I don't know. Um, well, her, her her brother's kids. Her brother had passed away in a car accident, and she was left with her two, uh, like her niece and nephew, Judy yeah. and Peter. And Peter is the younger brother, and Judy is his sister, and their parents died um, a little while ago in a car accident, and they are left with their aunt because their parents have passed, have passed away, and the aunt is moving into this house because um, it's really inexpensive, mm. and she wants a place for them to live. It's a nice house, mind you. It's like ten bedrooms. Yeah. It's like a mansion. They say it hasn't been occupied in a long time, and it's, it's actually the, the parish house. Yes, which, as we said, was owned by Alan's parents. And also another thing to note, which is kind of interesting, is the fact that both of the kids, since they lost their parents like a couple of months, well, we don't know how long ago it was. They said it was last winter, so it could be six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Both of them have not come out of it unscathed. Judy has become a perpetual liar. She makes elaborate stories and... Yeah, she lies about how her parents have, have passed. Mm-hmm. She says they, they died in like a... In India or something, and she keeps making up these lies that because um, she can't deal with their death. And um, the son, Peter, he's he's, um, he's become a, a, a not induced mute, but he's uh, he doesn't speak at all to anyone except for Judy, and that's only at night when no one's uh, around. I don't know about that. He says he speaks to the. The aunt, I think maybe um, he just he doesn't want to talk about the the death at all. Like he doesn't, he's like you know don't talk about it. He doesn't want to bring yeah. it up or anything. He's like he's just trying to. If I don't see it, it's not there. That type of just dissociation yeah. where it doesn't exist. Everything's fine. And he brings it up to his sister. He won't talk to his aunt nor nor or anyone else. And so either way, their life is not going too good. It's been a day since they moved in. They've already caused problems. They found a weird bat in the attic, and her, her aunt thinks, she says, oh, we'll have dinner, and I'll have bourbon. <laughs> their aunt is like an alcoholic. <laughs> and so they hear this weird noise upstairs with uh, the... Drumming sounds. Boom, 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 boom. So they go into the... Um... Yeah, they go up, They go to the attic where they found 
some they hear a weird noise and they see uh, again a board game same one Jumanji on it and they go there immediately and they see hey look it's a game let's play yeah and they see two pieces on the board already moved and they mm-hmm. say hey we'll move them can move them yeah they're, they're stuck he's like maybe it's microchips or some awesome technology mm-hmm. by the way they start playing the game um mm-hmm. they skip class to play the, this game they like, oh it'll only take like a few minutes so they miss the bus stay home and uh play this game and um so Judy picks up the dice, rolls. And a bunch of mosquitoes appear. And we're talking creepy mosquitoes, like... Gigantor mosquitoes. And these are like, not like... Encephalitis mosquitoes. You know, like, mosquitoes that look like they'll kill you. They freak out, start screaming, yeah. and then... Take um, like a, a tennis racket or something and just start hitting them. And being precocious kids, immediately, most people be like, no, screw this, we're not playing. But they're kind of... sort of just like... <gasps> And then they, they calm down and, like, start playing again. <laughs> and then uh, Judy's like, she's like, there's little skill involved. And then um, and then her brother picks up the dice. But then when he rolls, she says, no! And then the dice just falls out of his hand. She kind of realizes, oh, crap, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> and they roll it. And this is actually my favorite of, one of my favorite of the uh, quote-unquote summons that's in this game. Because it's really fun. It was, what was it? This will not be an easy mission, monkey slow the expedition. And they hear a bunch of noise in the kitchen, and they open up the kitchen doors, and there's a bunch of spider monkeys doing, yeah. wrecking havoc in the whole Giant place. spider monkeys. Like, you know, they're just, you know, one is actually eating from they're the... They're eating from the refrigerators, and uh... And they're lighting themselves on fire on the <laughs> furnace, and... They're just like pyro monkeys. They're, like, they're the smartest monkeys... Ever seen. <laughs> well, spider monkeys are pretty intelligent. Like, the, the guy from Friends had a spider monkey, and it was, like, his best friend. Oh, I know, but they're big, and they, like, they can do things, like, they, they know, they can plot. Like, I don't ever see monkeys plot like that. Well, certain animals aren't, well, Driving things, and... No, we'll get to that yeah. in a bit. So they end up escaping from the house, and because um, Peter rolled doubles, he has to roll again. Mm-hmm. They kind of also realize, they flip the board around... And it says that they can't stop playing until someone wins the game. When someone yeah. wins the game, they can stop playing. Yeah. And, and then, everything goes back to normal. Yeah, and then Judy is saying, oh, you know, we just keep playing until we reach the end. Because there's, there's a little task involved. Yeah, no, things there's will no be task. perfectly I think it's going to be like that. I think it's just going to be easy. And then they're like, oh, and everything will just... You know, magically be the same. We don't have to worry about it anymore after we just play this game. Yep, and so they roll... Well, since Peter rolled doubles, he has to roll again. And ironically, he rolls a five. And he also reads this. His fangs are sharp. He likes your taste. Your party better move post-haste. So they turn around. They see this uh, giant lion... And start freaking out. They start screaming. And then the... Well, it's, it's, a, it's a giant lion that's going to eat them! <laughs> so they're a little afraid and they're worried. And suddenly, who jumps out of the darkness but Abu? No, no not Abu. Um, Alan Parrish. Well, it's the genie himself. Yeah. It's Robin Williams, all shaggy and insane, looking like a homeless bum, covered it's in like caveman. leaves with a knife. Yelling and he scares off the lion. And the lion goes into the bedroom or somewhere and hides. And then um, Alan sort comes out. He sees the kids. They're hiding in the uh, closet. And he just like, oh, and he's I'm back. And then he shuts the door and he starts screaming and running around. That mom, dad, I'm back. I'm home. I'm back. And then he's wondering like, 
goes into his room, he doesn't notice that there's dust everywhere. He doesn't even notice that it's been 26 years later. Appearance. Mm -hmm. so. Well, he eventually does find out that it's been 26 years. His parents have passed away. They spent all their money looking on him. And because of him disappearing, the entire town has gone to shit. And so from this point on, it's just... Um, shenanigans. Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> turns out that they try to finish the game, and it turns out that they need all the people who played the game because they're playing Alan's original game from 1969 yeah. and they need all the party members including Sarah Whittle who is his his, uh, his girlfriend oh yeah his girlfriend we'll say <laughs> he has to find her and make sure that she she plays too and she is they find her. She's been traumatized. Played by Bonnie Hunt, who's always a she's very she's a very funny actress. She's a good actress. Yeah, she's she's very funny. But no one wants to play the game. They're they're forced to play the game, and they make this pact. They say, okay, we're not gonna. She said, what if you leave me in the game, just like um, because she didn't realize. And then they're saying, we're you know we're not gonna leave you because I'm gonna I'm not gonna stop playing. So they all make this pact that no one's going to stop playing until they reach the very end. Even though it gets very funny at one point where um, he's the one who's like, we're going to play, we're going to be fine, we're going to be great. And they say, but you don't want to play the game. Oh, really, mister? We had to finish something we started 26 years ago. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry. Because he still has the mentality of a 12-year-old. Yeah. He's been stuck in the woods for who knows how long. He doesn't really, you know. Yeah, it's like suddenly someone who's, who's 12 who, who the next day becomes 40. And unlike in the movie with Tom Hanks, he doesn't get a sex drive and all this other stuff. <laughs> Which is one thing I really wondered about that movie. What happened to him? He, like, in a week he becomes an adult? That that doesn't... It, it never made any sense to me. You know? It is just very twisted and strange. That would make this movie awesome if there was uh, the... What is this stupid machine called? The vending machine in the movie. Uh, oh, the, the fortune-telling machine. Uh, what? Uh, Zoltar! <laughs> Zoltar! If Zoltar was in this for no reason Zoltar. whatsoever, it's like, <laughs> Zoltar knows all. I wish that I was big. I wish I was little again. I've seen those machines in carnivals. It's kind Did of... he ever put in the money? <laughs> no, but I've seen the exact same machine. Like, I think it was it was um, designed right after the movie or something, because it's the exact same one, and it says Zoltar. <laughs> we should find one and go see Zoltar and make a wish. I wish for a million dollars. Right here, right now. I wish to win it, win this. I don't know. But either way, game has... Well, it turns out also that Carl, he's now a police officer. He's kind of a running joke because he's trying to find out what's going on. Yeah, and the stuff keeps... His car keeps getting destroyed. Which is, yeah, which is a very funny running joke. He thinks Alan Parrish is some crazy drugged-out guy. He's like seeing things, but then he really does find out that all this weird stuff is happening. The whole town does. Like the monkeys start stealing, driving cars and stealing TVs and whatnot. Yeah, there's a nice little choice scene where the monkeys are running down the street and like running like regular monkeys, and then they stop and they look at a TV, a TV store in a window, a TV in a window, and it shows the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz jumping up and down. <laughs> and then for the rest of the week, you see them running. They're jumping up and down like they have the wings. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that the funniest part over the um, David Allen Greer and the ant because they don't realize what's going on, and suddenly um, the ant just she's like oh she sees a stampede of like all these animals just running through, and then um, so she's walking down you know she's she's walking down the street and she sees David Allen Greer in the cop car and she's like let me in you know she she wants to get in because she doesn't know what's going on, and so he's like oh. Who are you? And then she's, he said, she says, like, oh, I own the parish house and everything. And he's like, oh, I know them. And he's going to go over there. And then suddenly he gets out the car. That big, giant Venus flytrap 
grab like with his tentacles grabs the car and like folds it in half and they're just staring at it like <laughs> and Daydogger's like take it just just take it it's, it's we didn't even bring up the Venus flytrap yet because there's a bunch of things that's come out of it I mean there's lions and tigers and bears oh my and Venus flytraps and surprisingly one interesting thing is there's one main antagonist in the movie is that one of the uh, things is Alan rolls and it turns out that he was stuck in the game for 26 years living in the woods in the jungle and there are hunt animals that would hunt him there's horrible things he remembers because like I said 26 years in the jungle as a little boy that's mm-hmm. kind of dramatic but there's been one human figure there also and that is a hunter named Van Pelt who's he according to him anything that Alan did he found offensive and angering and he wanted to hunt him mm-hmm. ends up he actually gets pulled out of the game and he ends up trying to hunt down Alan throughout the entire yeah. movie. And but he says because he rolled the dice. He rolled the dice. If someone else rolled the dice and got the hunter, he would have hunted them. Yeah. But there's this also psychological thing because the hunter looks like the father. Yeah, it's actually played by Jonathan Hyde, which was interesting because it gives that other point where you're wondering, wait, is he a representation of his father and all of those things? Because at one point, they actually have a conversation. Well, a few times, actually, they'll talk. And he kind the of... very end. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he actually said, like, Robin Williams, uh, Alan says, the thing is father's always says, like, I'm terrified, but I have to face my fears. And the hunter kind of stops for a second and smiles and says, finally acting like a man, Sonny, Sonny Jim. Yeah. But then, things happen. We don't want to spoil everything, because it's, it's, it's a, a pretty... Well, it's not a bad movie. I just want to add something. It's I think it's funny that the hunter looks like his dad, mm-hmm. which makes me think that if he ever did meet up with his dad again, he would have like a traumatizing uh, images of his father like hunting him <laughs> because this hunter looks like his dad. Mm, very, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. That's a very, very good point. Think about it. Someone terrorizing you for 27 years trying to kill you and then you think he looks exactly like your dad and it's like Okay. <laughs> That's a good point, but I wonder if he, um, if they forgot everything at the end. If, every, if all the memories faded away. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't want to spoil the ending. Well, we don't, but it's, it's, it's a pretty, well, there are a lot of really funny scenes, a lot of very cute things. The, 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 yeah. the, the style of the movie itself is very different. It's, it's a kid-friendly movie, but it has a nice feel to it. It's, it seems it's like, fun. Yeah. It's, it's like adventurous and fun. And, and the best thing is it's actually out of time. I mean, yes, there's things like the, the old CRS TVs and there aren't cell phones, but you can appreciate it. And actually, this movie did not do that great in theater, even though it did make that much. Like I said, it made $262 million. A lot of critics felt that it was meh. Like, it, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a 48%. Yeah, but if you think about it, if, if that movie was made now, it probably would have done better. Yeah, true. It's like critics just panned it, which I'm surprised at, because it's not that bad of a movie. It's, I mean, yeah, but it's always the case. But like, also, you case. give it a lo- you give it a grain of salt because it is a kids movie. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little adventure. It's it's you know nothing. It's not like you know your James Bond where it's the world's at stake or something yeah. like that. It's well, the town's at stake from monkeys and from being you know, slide traps and mosquitoes and spiders and uh, earthquakes yeah. and crocodiles and also, the thing about kids' movies, there's so many that, that are made that sometimes they, um, you know, they discredit some because, um, I don't know, there's just, 
not enough people watching because it's a kid movie. It's a kids movie. Mm. They always sound like kids movie. You don't want to see it. Mm, true, true. Um, also, the tie-ins were pretty good with this movie because you had the actual. They made the actual Jumanji board game, which I played. It was okay. Not as fun as the real thing. Mm, well, it is a real thing, but yeah, but. Well, you know, lions jumping out and... Uh. Well, yeah, but... The one thing I thought was kind of annoying, though, is that there's actually a... There's actually a space on there, which it says, if you land on it, it says, A card placed here brings dreadful news. The game is done. All players lose. Ooh. So it's like, really? That's that's your... That, that, that sucks. You play for like an hour and you get there like, no! And surprisingly, this movie didn't make that much, you know... It didn't do super well. I mean, there was an animated TV series which lasted for three years. I heard it was like the film plot, but different. I don't know. I don't know what, how the movie series ended. It was interesting. I think that um, the guy, uh, Jim, uh, the guy who plays Homer, Jim Cargar. I know his name. I just can't remember how to pronounce it right now. I apologize. It's a cool series. I remember Tim Curry played Van Pelt. <laughs> Either way, this the the TV series it was starring Bill Fagelbert, who he's done I don't know what. He also had Tim Curry in it, playing Van Pelt, which is pretty good. And the kids actually were drawn into the game, so it wasn't like they were outside the game. Pretty different. You can find it on Hulu and iTunes, ironically. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure though. But either way, it's never gonna be on DVD. And with that in mind. Overall, music wasn't bad in the movie. Also, acting was it's a Ron Williams movie. So, Ron Williams, he does a great job in the film. Yeah. It's Robin Williams, you know? He's, he's funny. I mean, he's acting like a big kid, and he, yeah. he, they just let him go wild, and he just <laughs> he steals the show. Um, I, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst was good. She's very. I don't know if this is her first role, but she did a she did an alright job. No, I think Interview with a Vampire was her first role. I thought this was before Interview, because Interview was like 96. No, I think it was before. Oh, okay. Because I heard that was her first role. That was where she was discovered or something. Oh, okay. I think so. So, but... But yeah, she was really good in this. And yeah, it's not... Really a, good. Overall, things were really good in the film. And just few... There are a few speed bumps here and there. Um, everyone did an exceptional job. In my opinion, in my opinion, the MVP of the movie would have to be Jonathan Hurt, though, because he has to play the two roles of being the authoritative figure of Sam Parrish, who, you know, he's got to be a, a strong father for his son, and then he's playing Van Pelt, who's the antagonist of the movie. And it just it gives more... He makes the movie seem much more than what it could have been. He gives it more of a feeling of you you understand Alan's position and also it makes you wonder was it all a dream was everything going on you know mm -hmm. what about you who is your MVP of the movie I like David Alan Greer coming back um, because um, he kind of um, Alan knew him when he was younger he sees him like 26 years years later he's like oh aren't you uh, so-and-so um, and Carl then, Bentley yeah Carl Bentley and um and then he, he goes to apologize to him about the whole thing and just all these, this bad stuff is just happening to him. And then you think about what happened to him before and it's just, it's just very, you know, it's very, he's, it's very comical because he doesn't realize, like, he's like, oh, 
you know, he doesn't he doesn't understand what's what's really going on. But things horrible. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. I think I agree with you. I think that he, <laughs> David Allen gets angry because so many horrible yeah. things happened to him in this movie. I know it was just so <laughs> funny, and I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, the the monkeys just run off with this car, and like. <laughs> like man Robin Williams is just <laughs> Cause I, I love that scene where they're driving together because Alan handcuffed him to the door yet yeah. he had to drive so they're driving with him handcuffed to the car and they're like oh everything's gonna be fine look there's a there's a motorcycle cop coming up the motorcycle is behind them with the lights flashing and they just look and you see the motorcycles the monkeys the monkeys, <laughs> the monkeys, just... the monkeys. They're, they're driving the motorcycle and going whoosh this is so funny yeah. yeah, no. And then when the monkeys first get into the car, like, he sees Robin Williams, he's like, Get out of there! Get out of there! Say, oh. And then uh, David Allen Green is just like, Is this guy nuts? Is he crazy? Oh, he's our uncle! He was in the war. He's, he's, he was touched a little bit. And then suddenly the, the car just speeds off, and then David the, Allen Green is just running. And the monkeys discharge his shotgun, so it's, it's the car slowly is destroyed. But, yeah. Overall, it's a really good movie, and I mean, there are some flaws in the movie, but they're not notable. And for my, and for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating in our systems, and they go from our lowest rating, which is protest outside your local red box so no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit, to our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't rent this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will forfeit to the twelfth layer of hell, where you're forced to watch episode one for all eternity, while Jar Jar Binks rubs your shoulder, saying, Lisa, I love you. Lisa, I love you. And a bunch of other horrible stuff happens, including you being sucked into a game for 200 years while being forced to watch Barney laugh at you afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so, Belle, what would you give this movie? I would give it Borrow from a Friend, A Do Not Return, Unless Bribed by Paris Shoes. Hmm, so you think they make good shoes? Um, knock off of the Nike. <laughs> well, they only showed men's shoes. They might have some nice women's shoes, I don't know. Some pumps or some what is the <laughs> other girl's shoe called? It's Maybe they make DSW type shoes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Sensible shoes. <laughs> I actually, you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm gonna say the same thing. Borrow from a friend and don't return yeah. unless offered, unless yeah. bribed by a pair of shoes. And I, I need a pair of good shoes, even though my size is very <laughs> hard to get. I'm actually a size 13 and a half. They don't make that size really easy to to get a hold of. Either way, getting a little time. Overall, the movie is really good. It's worth checking out. It's worth borrowing. I don't think it's worth owning, though, because it's kind of hard to get a hold of. I mean, unless you go to, like, your uh, Target or Walmart, you're not going to find it. Yeah. Or you go to Amazon. Amazon has it, and so does uh, Netflix. But Yeah, I'm saying it's, it's good to see, like, maybe once or twice a year you know, when you're in the mood. Well, uh, I'll be fine not watching it again until <laughs> I'm old and gray, or maybe in, like, five years. Yeah, the last time I saw it was when it first came out. I haven't seen it in probably ten plus years or so. <laughs> you know, it's it's entertaining, but we'll. You watch know. it on TV every now and then when it comes on. That's true. Either way, I think that well, I think that was a good review. Yeah. I think you guys had fun doing it, and so I think it's that. Well, remember you can check us out at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkinmovie at gmail.com. I'm at zan at sparkin.com. I'm belchan at sparkin.com. Mm -hmm. And also all the other show notes and information you can check out at our website, www.sparkin.com. Remember, we're also hosted on your Fightbait 
Facebook.com. John Paul, thank you again for hosting us and letting us be on your wonderful site. You're awesome, man. Uh, sorry that that last episode was really rough, guys. I forgot to mention that. That was just kind of weak. He was four sheets to the wind. But, of course, that was the month of dope. Oh, and last thing before we get to that part we all waiting for. We have officially finished our poll for the next month, the next theme month, which is going to be actually June. It's going to be pretty interesting and kind of different, actually. It's going to be a very different type of month because we're actually doing something with the manga review as well. And what is that? Well, we'll tell you in two episodes. So, with that in mind, I think it's... Oh, is that part we're all waiting for? So, let's talk about that part we're all waiting for. We'll talk about that one. That only... Dodecahedron of movies. Yes, the Dodecahedron movies. Now, what is the Dodecahedron? It is a 12-sided object, which ironically, well, it's dice. We roll it, and whatever number it lands on, that's reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Movie Review. And we got actually only, like, four... For this episode, we only have, like, four movies that are on the, the Dodeca. And it's kind of interesting because one of them is really just, well, pretty bad. So... Either way, it's for a special episode, because episode 42 is next. So, so, either way, so let's roll and see what number we're going to land on. So, where did it go? Just had it a second ago. Um. Seven! Sweet, number seven. Oh. Oh, that's... Actually, that's not irony at all, because it was either this or another movie. Holy shit. So... I guess the answer to next episode, episode 42, is going to have the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yes, friends, I think that we are going to be going back to go hitchhiking across the galaxy. So, next episode, Disney's interpretation of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Have you read the book? No, I haven't read it. Hmm, so I must find someone who's read the book and can compare it. Evenly, with besides me, because well, I, well, we'll talk about that in the next episode. So, guess that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys downloading and still listening and still hanging on, even though we've had such an erratic release schedule and everything's been kind of weird. And also, you know, I record these episodes and it takes a while to release them. I apologize. Yes, I apologize too. You don't have anything to apologize for. You don't <laughs> edit the episodes. You don't spend hours on editing. They're saying, okay. Gotta get rid of this. Oh, yeah, but I'm part of the episode, so... I know. I guess I should apologize in, in light of uh, the situation. Yeah, you're fine. It's just that the other co-hosts, they're not as as forgiving as you are. <laughs> they're not as nice as you are. They're not as, you know, willing to actually deal with this. Most of them haven't even answered their phone. Name shall not be, be said, but some people are kind of being stupid. Edit out. Right. Names will not be said, but it just it's a whole situation that things are going on. Lives have changed and you know. Hopefully Cal will come back to answer his phone. He's just been stressed out since he's been back from Japan. Anyway, so. This is Belchan, and my favorite quote is Adventurers beware. Do not begin unless you intend to finish. The exciting consequences of the game will vanish only when a player has reached a manji and called out its name. The monkeys are gone. Good. Put it away. Wait! The instructions say if we finish the game, it'll all go away. We better do it, or Aunt Nora's gonna pitch a fit. We should just get through it quickly. I mean, there's no skill involved. 
And this is your Hosan, and my fair quote from the movie Jumanji is... What can I do for you? What gross are these? You know, they stopped making these in 1903. Damn. I shall need a replacement weapon. Well, there's a waiting period. And you'll have to fill out these. Or I could fill these out. Louise. Now, anyone asks, you didn't get this here. You're not a postal worker, are you? Right, catch you guys next time. Bye. And remember, whenever you find a board game which has weird lettering on it, read the instructions first. Unless it's a Thura. Then you're going to go into the future. <laughs> and fly away. <laughs> and evil robots will come to kill you. Right? Or evil alien rhinoceroses. Oh, did you do? <laughs> oh, so you can watch.
end of the line, Sonny Jim. Game's up. Start running. No. Aren't you afraid? I'm terrified. What my father told me. You should always face what you're afraid of. <laughs> Good lad. You're finally acting like a man. Any last words? All right, now we're on to the stinger portion. What do you think about Doctor Who so far? Season 6. Well, it's actually season, like, 97, but season 6 of the new series. Um, you mean the new series itself? Yeah, it's this new season. What do you think? With uh, Matt Smith. Yes, this is the season 2 of the Matt Smith run, which is the 11th Doctor, for those who don't know. You know, I really like him. I think his episodes are cool. And, like, um, everyone's really young in the... Um, in the episodes, there's the doctor is the youngest doctor he's ever, you know, portray, been portrayed, and I really like him. I think he's he's like exciting, and um, they seem like um, like college friends or something. I mean, out of, I still like David Tennant because he was my doctor. I'm not gonna lie. Even though I started with Christopher Eccleston, I like David Tennant, but. Matt Smith is a nice, he's a nice, he's very different. Yeah, it's very different. It's like watching a different show, almost. And, um, last episode we saw was, uh, well, it's the, uh, what was the last episode we saw? Was the... Um, it was when the TARDIS... Was the pirate one? It was the TARDIS one, with the Patch people, Patrick people. Oh, yes, yes, the Doctor's Wife. Uh, an excellent episode, definitely recommend it. It was written by Neil Gaiman, who wrote... Actually, two mm. books which are on your bookshelves, Neverwhere and uh, um, Good Omens. Yeah. Have you even read Good Omens yet? <laughs> nope? Okay. No, I've just read Neverwhere. By the way, BBC has a lot of good shows, like sci-fi shows. Mm, 50-50. That I do want to check out. If I showed you Red, Red Giant, you'd run away screaming in terror. No, I wanted to see the new ones like Bedlam and, um, and Being Human. They just but they have being human on sci-fi with the guy who was in uh, that one movie. <laughs> they remade it, and that other guy, the guy who played Davis Bloom on Smallville, which also Smallville ending episode. Since Cal doesn't want to do this shit, it was good, not great. I liked a lot of it. I had some issues, but it was good. <laughs> um, I haven't really been watching the series, but I did see the series finale. And I thought they could have made it into a movie, actually. It was, uh... It's all Tom Welling's fault. Because he doesn't good. want to sell out. It was really good. Uh-huh. Very true. Uh, we could talk more, but we're not going to. And also, it's been about an hour, roughly. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. It's been an hour. Okay. Yay. Well, thank you for listening. Right, and so. we'll talk to you again. Yes, we will. Now, time for us to relax and, well, whatever. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye.
Yes. I have to go to like DSW or I have to go to like a really expensive shoe place because Payless don't have those shoes. Finish Line don't have those shoes. The outlets don't have those shoes. And I live by the outlets too. For those who don't know what the outlets are, just look at the, what is it called? On the internet it says America's most visited attractions. Just look for the outlets. You'll find it. I'm a size um, 8 and 8.5. And ah. Yes. I thought you were an 8W. I could be an 8W. I just have a wide foot, so I don't... It 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 goes between 8, 8.5. Eight uh-huh. But yeah. surprisingly, yeah, I mean, unlike my... Unlike uh, Zorro, I only own... Five pairs of shoes. A pair of boots. Two pairs of sneakers. The rest are different type of dress shoes having to do with my suits. Zorro, on the other hand, has 79. How many do you have? I have a lot of shoes, but sometimes I don't wear all of them. <laughs> Just because, uh... Well, I would hope not. Imagine wearing all the shoes at the same time. How <laughs> heavy that would be to lift it for you to be like... <clears throat> but women usually have a lot of shoes. Mm, true, true, true. Shoes. I don't know why. Well, actually, just for each like, for a different outfit, you have different types of shoes. You have your high heels, your boots, your flats, your dress shoes. The um, and then um, yes, I was looking at DSW and I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm a girl because there's so many like styles for women more mm -hmm. than more so than men, I think. Well, actually, that's a good question. How many and they were shoes? Mm -hmm. Well, how many shoes do you guys own? Email us, barricademovie.gmail.com. Let us know how many shoes you you own. You can, and you just you don't have to describe how many you own. You can't say, oh, I have a pair of loafers, I have a pair of Nikes, I have a pair of Skechers. Just say a rough number of how many you own. I want to see who has the most. If you, if you have a lot, let us know. We will send you a um, prize, maybe. But if you say a certain number that's over, like, 90, we want proof. If you say, I have 286 shoes. I want proof you have 286 pairs of shoes. And this is a picture of you surrounded by your shoes. You know, this it's easy for women to have a lot of shoes, actually. I've seen women with a lot, maybe a hundred. Have you looked in, in some women's closets? They have, like, a whole shoe thing of, uh... I don't just, know. Just, like, different, different shoes, and they don't get rid of them, and they just, like, stack them up, like, in shelves and everything. I don't know. I just don't know. And this is an interesting tangent. We've never gone on a shoe tangent before. This is kind of fun. I wonder how many of you are still listening. How many of you think are listening? <laughs> okay, take it out. No, we're going to keep this in. This is kind of fun. But I wonder how many of you are still listening after this shoe change. But... <laughs>